0: i'm june Reith, and you're listening to general intellect unit this time we're picking up the final part of our discussion of anarchist cybernetics if you didn't catch the first part of the series i'd recommend pausing this episode and going back and starting from there as always thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show
1: look at we can look at uh these this list of things that uh like the, the sort of desiderata the the things that a good social media platform ought to have um uh which you know i appreciate uh swan like writing this down because it's like oh it's it's not just like oh i wish things were better it's like i wish things were better in these specific ways and you can debate them as like good or bad ideas uh, as opposed to just being you know airy fairy stuff um uh so the first one is it should be a forum for conversation um uh you know certainly all i think all social media platforms except for like maybe like instagram would yeah, qualify like it's pretty much anything right they're all they're all forums for conversation on some level uh, maybe he's gesturing more
0: towards the I guess the old school sort of forums like where it was more considered conversational
1: sort of stuff, you know. He even says like Facebook style groups and messenger app groups like WhatsApp could fulfill this core function. So it's kind of like like I think just like any many to many platform would have this function. So it's it's like we have plenty of that these days. Um, uh, direct messaging. So is one to one as in addition to many to many most Social media platforms have this Um, uh, sharing content with meme or viral potential. uh, Probably all social media platforms have this, right? At this point, I think he's maybe gesturing
0: more towards the like, um, I guess the like function and like re re reblog on Tumblr. You know that kind of stuff where there's like some functionality that helps things. Because I mean, like um, a PHP bulletin board forum post was just a post and didn't have any like any of those kind of viral signals
1: yes you could hyperlink to it and that was it yeah yeah i know i mean uh, absolutely uh, like uh if you're looking at sort of like old online media there were definitely ones that had this and ones that didn't but i think at this point it's ubiquitous um any social platform that's going to be launched these days will have this um uh you, you could look at like irc is like another one that wasn't super great for doing this um Cause like you couldn't link to conversations and stuff like that, but you look at Slack and you can, so, you know, yeah. Um, news feeds with curated and user generated content. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like a big question. Like what is the curation? Like how does the curation function? How does like, what degree does the user have over uh, control does the user have over the curation so like you know this is where a lot of like facebook's really nasty behavior comes in um public relations function so like you should have like a one-to-many opportunity to like get a message out there um uh which most networks i would say have uh linking alternative and mainstream platforms so this was an interesting one um Basically, the idea here is that if we make a platform like a, uh, you know, we're going to do a new independent social network um, and it's not connected into mainstream platforms, uh, then it's just going to be irrelevant. Right. Because it's it's just its own little thing. Um, And I actually like had some experience with this kind of functionality on Mastodon um, when uh, there was one of those big exoduses. Uh, from twitter where people were like we're fed up with this um you know all all, all the queers are going to to mastodon or something like that you know was, well, let's let's walk out and do our own thing um and like yeah the connectedness was um a f- certainly a feature that encouraged the use of mastodon uh, but at the same time, it, 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 it definitely just like made you realize that like Mastodon was simply an extension of those networks you connected to. And if you actually wanted to do anything in terms of like, you know, self-promotion or uh, getting a message out to the public, uh, you would have to go to those networks or publish to those networks. Um, and so inevitably, it just kind of dragged people back across that divide into those networks. Um, uh, so it's it's not like a, it's not obviously a, 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 like a fatal flaw for these these like mastodon to have that, but it is clearly not, not a solution to like the power of network effects either. Um, yeah, I think that this this point in particular highlights. Um the kind of huge
0: changes between the early and late internet, right? Like them because if you if you went back and showed this line to somebody in nineteen ninety seven, they'd be like, okay, link linking between platforms. Do you mean do you mean just hypertext, like hyperlinks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because that's linking between platforms was just how the whole damn thing worked. But now with these platforms, the like the, the substantive linking we're just talking about is really like I want this service to like schedule a job that will push to and like it'll push data to an API on on Facebook's end, and their their ingestion thing will pull in the JSON blob and then make a row in a database and stuff. Which is that's so different. Like it's it's these black box machines talking to each other, not a, not like pages being linked between. The way, like the way, the way people used to surf the web or whatever is kind of totally gone now with these platforms. Where like Facebook or whatever is like eighty percent of all internet traffic or something at this point, you know. Um, but we're so beholden to these things, we can't entertain. Oh yeah, just link to it with hypertext like the like we always used to, because that's not actually a viable way for this like substantive linking to, to happen
1: yeah it's it's like the replacement of uh or the displacement of the significance of hypertext by apis
0: mm-hmm. yeah or the replacement of blogs with facebook you know the replacement of blogs with fucking everything you know
1: um huge change where it's like okay you can interface with this you know walled garden that i've built but you have to do it on my terms and in my language it would also mean that like e- even if you built that bridge facebook could just turn off the API keys for you like trivially yeah yeah whenever they wanted yeah 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 absolutely no 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 question about it um, for sure because uh, yeah like I don't expect that like you know uh, Trump could go on Mastodon and then like publish via sock puppet count onto Facebook and that would be like you know, effective in any way. Like, I feel like he tried to do that kind of like finagling and it obviously didn't work. Um, um, uh, so then a, a central resource hub, uh, like basically provide kind of like wiki like information about like self organization, um, how to communicate effectively online, uh, how to organize. Um, I mean, I feel like this is kind of like inherent to the Internet that you could do this, but like or to the to the web, to the web. But I think like they're they're sort of talking about like a, a like a on a portal, there would be a link to this stuff that would be prominent and kind of like kind of like a similar way to when you go to like a subreddit and there's like the, the need to know stuff that's on the side. The sidebar. Yeah, I
0: think. I think, yeah, on, on one level, like, this, like, a wiki is by now, like, the most trivial case for, like, web development. Like, it's the easiest shit to put together. But I think wikis are kind of a lost art among the the the, the among the kids, you know, among the millennia- millennials, right? And it, it, it does show up in organizing problems where, like, if all of your shit is happening on Slack, um, it's impossible to, like, search that or, like, link back to a previous conversation or to, like, have... Um, durable information because it's just this swarm of noise and and so i think what what he's saying here is like in addition to having the slack alike channels for discussion also have wiki pages um because those are a specialist function
1: yeah or like your slack needs to have like persistence and pin notes on the channel or something like that um yeah so it's more like the affordances of how these
0: things work, because it's, it's all it's all putting text on a screen, which is pretty trivial. But like the affordances of how the text
1: works are kind of important. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the next one is noise and overload filters. So this is kind of like essentially like the function that Facebook has where they have like one person who curates what does and does not get into like the political discourse but it's more democratically controlled i think um it's it's yeah i guess i i sort of interpret it as
0: being more like client facing that like on on your reading end you would set filters to that you're not like just drinking from the fire hose um and like i get i guess it relates to the next one the overuse and addiction warning systems as well,
1: yeah, I, I, I think this is the, the the filtering one is. It's just it's a little bit more uh, collective than uh, say like a, a setting up a filter individually um, because there's like voting mentioned here in terms of like setting things up. Um, uh, then the, yeah, there's an overuse addiction warning system. So basically, just like you know, uh, similar to the little note you get in a video game saying like you know get up and walk around every 30 minutes or maybe even some games will tell you to do that or like the um uh after world of warcraft came out where they started adding like a, a real-time clock uh to the uh gui because um it was like because people were just losing time and just becoming like you know, uh, sucked into a debilitating degree to the game. And so, like, having that reminder of, like, reality exists and this is the time um, was helpful for, like, at least preventing them from being sued over damages to people's minds. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, something along those lines of, like, yeah, if you, like, overstimulate through social media, it's probably not going to be healthy for you. So, um it like instead of being like basically this is a warning not to be terminally online um um and this is like i think getting back to a point that uh swan makes that um most organizing is still done offline and so whatever platform this should be uh, should be like a supplementary thing to offline organizing, as opposed to all your organizing being like Twitter wars. Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a refreshing
0: reminder, right? Like from from the author, right? That like this this Twitter shit is not real organizing this is a sideshow of weirdness um and even in in this proposed system of like what would a new platform look like it's explicitly like this is a sidecar to help facilitate real world organizing this
1: is not the main point this is not the main point exactly yeah exactly um and then we have the general assembly uh function uh so similar to the general assembly in occupy um like, formulating grand strategy and maybe strategy through a, a general assembly, I have a very hard time imagining how this could happen. Like, the the closest thing I can think of is, like, the way that, um like, N-Spiral was set up, kind of. Like, it, it, it couldn't be, like, immediate. Like, there's Twitch chat with, like, three million people in there and they're all trying to talk. That's never going to work. You can't have, like, a progressive stack with like uh consensus voting requirements with like you know twitch chat uh that that's this never gonna work but like i can kind of see like a some sort of mediated um uh or staged kind of discussion platform yeah i mean something like this integration but done online but then like i don't know having spent the
0: last year in a bit more online than ever and doing more zoom calls and shit like that that's that stuff's fucking exhausting and horrible so I'm not totally optimistic about the capacities for, like, very important organizing to be carried out in, like, six-hour-long Zoom calls. Zoom calls with millions of people in them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I've definitely sort of seen, like, algodonics happening in, like, Twitch chat where, like, people will be like if you're in a very busy channel people just kind of like spam like algodonic signals at the at the streamer like there's no real content to what they're saying it's just like yes no good bad kind of like beer's little like uh turny thing is dial dial yeah uh so like i think that like that exists to a degree but it's clearly very far from consensus decision making um so yeah Definitely, we need a very different platform for that. Um, uh, There's a a pad function, basically like collaborative document editing. Google Docs, yeah, built in. Google Docs, yeah, yeah. Hopefully on a different server, but basically the same thing. Um, Memory narrative. uh, So this is getting uh, back to the. sort of problem you were identifying with uh, uh, Slack where things are very ephemeral um, and just, like, like having more of a retention of memory so that things could be referred back to and it wouldn't just be, like, you know, whatever the hot take of the day is. Um, mm-hmm. Like, do you ever do that thing where you, you log on to Twitter and you're, like, something happened but
0: i can't tell what i just i have no idea what's going on yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah definitely is like like it's like it's definitely like walking into a room where there's a whole bunch of shit going on you're like what is going on it's
0: like i i needed to be here for the start of this clearly yeah,
1: yeah but there's there's no one to ask what is going on so like you have to like piece it together through like <laughs> the context of discussion <laughs> Uh, or or go to a YouTube uh, YouTube drama channel to, to to learn what is the drama of the day. <laughs> that's the archive, right? Yeah, it's the yeah, that's the archive. Yeah, um, uh, file sharing and knowledge exchange, like basically, I guess, just not locked down by draconian restrictions. Um, in in my head, that goes in with the wikis.
0: Basically, is that like those are kind of similar concerns um file storage attached to wikis yeah
1: yeah it's like uh one of those like pdf repositories that are out there um uh procrastination <laughs> so it has to have procrastination uh yeah um it, like basically it's it's like the advice for uh, online community building where you should have like a, a like a fun goofing off channel uh, because that's really core to having a community as opposed to just like everything being all business, um, online decision-making embedded in offline structures. Uh, so like a connection between those things, um, seems like kind of like having like the fast paced online then the slower paced offline as like a, like a control structure to, to, to sort of filter out the error. Well I guess I guess as well it's like the the notion that if you were designing one of these
0: um, platforms from scratch and it wasn't something that was conditioned by the profit imperative, then you it would just I think a lot of the imper- um, imperatives would just shake out very differently where it it could actually be designed as a support structure for offline organizing and not be designed as a weird black hole that you go into um, which is what Twitter ends up being. Because, like, its its
1: incentive is to be a black hole. Yes, 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 definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Sections open to non-members. Uh, so just kind of like... Uh, uh, like, sort of public lobbies as, like, an idea. Like, like uh, you could just log in anonymously and be in the public space. Uh, architecture for collective autonomy. Um, so... So that's facilitating the kind of, like... Um, Facilitating all the stuff that's been discussed in the book so far, basically, yeah. Pretty much, um, like, against the profit motive, against um, ultra-individualism, like, you know, trying to build constructive relationships that are conversational and and robust. Um, flexible engagement options. Um, so this feels like pretty much what google plus did um or what you see with mastodon where you get a very like um uh a very detailed level of control over uh which groups you're in and who sees what um yeah so certainly a thing that has previously existed online but uh no longer does uh, except outside of mastodon i guess uh, and some other minor platforms um yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know makes sense, right? Like it's 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 a kind of a privacy thing, and also like a a variety attenuation function that that's that's good. Um, uh, responsibility and commitment. Um, so, I think this is like essentially connecting your online persona to your offline persona (laughs) like there's they mentioned like oh like if you agree to do something online like you should be linked to that responsibility as opposed to it just being like you could just ghost and it'll never get done um because again this is connecting to that offline orientation for activism that you're talking about there
0: um i guess like is is it also kind of talking about like having a kind of task tracking system like you'd have like a jira or a fucking trello board kind of built into it and you kind of like this is what june is doing this this like the 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 outcomes from the previous meeting produced one item that june is supposed to do by the end
1: of the month and this is kind of
0: present in that kind of social platform yeah
1: um privacy security and data uh this is about yeah just privacy and security like pretty much not anything we have now or it's just like i don't know anyone can pretty much know anything about you if they have enough money uh, uh easy backup of information um so like pretty much being able to not like or not having to worry about like oh the egyptian government is just gonna sh- shut down the whole thing then you can't do it anymore because like you know uh Online platforms were used a lot in activism in the Arab Spring. But then, like, there's a certain level at which the the government can just kind of, like, turn it off at the source. <laughs> yeah, by being like, no, just all the Internet is gone now and you can't use it. Okay. Yeah, the, 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 the DNS just doesn't resolve anymore, you know. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think, like, a lot of these, like, some of these things are... Sp- like things that require significant control of infrastructure in a way that is not available to the left in any way like anywhere yeah Um, like my my technician's brain was kind of going off with some of
0: these things and that like i think i i generally agree with the list as these are desirable things um i think we might lose sight of just how expensive it is to run infrastructure like facebook or google or twitter do like it's a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of server time.
1: Which is why, like, well, it's, it's why like Mastodon was like a distributed network, right? It was the only way to go. Yeah, and yeah, that's that. You can share the
0: load that way. Um, then when you get into stuff like, uh, so like one of Mastodon's big problems is that it doesn't have like global search because it can't because it's just a bunch of hard drives scattered all over the internet and a bunch of really small CPUs that aren't are barely keeping up with the load of actually doing posts. When you get into stuff like, oh, I also want like easy, fast search of these kinds of systems, which everyone has become accustomed to because of Google, search is really fucking hard and so expensive to run. Um, And that's one of the features that like, even just in my ordinary engineering work, it's one of those kind of like crash on the rocks kind of features that like people often want, but then turns out to be so fucking expensive and hard to implement. That's very hard to implement in a distributed system as well, because like you kind of have to have a central index. And then also like it crashes on the privacy stuff because like, you know, there's a tension between wanting everything to be encrypted in transit and at rest, but also to have it be available and readable and searchable. And those are just kind of irreconcilable. So I, I, I wonder, I, I suspect a lot of people vastly underestimate the kind of resources required to run something like twitter or facebook or google like it's it's fucking mile after mile of servers, you know um you, colossal infrastructure and i i don't see the left being able to div- uh, t- to bootstrap or grow anything like that um it would have to be a kind of distributed patchwork of stuff like mastodon but then its patchwork nature means that it's just so limited in so many ways
1: um that's right yeah, and and it it also is like there are certain things that you simply can't address because state power is against you. So like like the internet is built to be a distributed system that can like fail gracefully, right? Like on 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 a node per node level. Uh it's it's meant to be quite durable but it's still actually quite hierarchical and it's it's really fairly easy for the state if they if if the state could properly identify a threat it's fairly easy for them to shut it down or to um, Or to take drastic measures and just do, like, a, like, scorched earth approach to shutting it down. Um, and that, like, extends also just, like, to, just, like, sending in cops to confiscate your servers or whatever.
0: Or even, even stuff that comes before the level of state interference where, like, um, I mean, in the last couple of years, we've had stuff like, and, and like, I'm going to use these examples, and I'm not going to say that these are necessarily bad things that happened, but, like, um getting places like gab shut down or thrown off of their host or get their their dns resolver to ditch them or whatever and like as much as i love fucking over nazis that kind of shit will happen to us and it'll happen faster and easier
1: all the all the all the groundwork has been put in place
0: and so, like you try to you try to bootstrap uh, one of these networks, and just like the U.S. government might not even need to go tell Amazon to turn off your servers; Amazon might just do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then block your accounts, and suddenly you don't have a domain name, you don't have IP addresses, you don't have servers, you don't have storage, you don't have compute, you don't have anything. Um,
1: well, and I think a lot of the um, a lot of approach to these questions is infor- like on the left is informed by um, our extreme weakness so like essentially we have like no immediate prospect of owning our own network and we're just going to be operating on capitalist networks and um, we're not really considered to be enough of a threat by the state or these corporations to shut down most of the time. I mean we've seen, Exceptions to that and among our friends and whatnot, you know, like having their Facebook taken down, um, even though it, like because it's a it's a platform for left communication. Um, but uh, like it's kind of like, oh, well, we've lost all this ground already. So why don't we just take it from the enemy? Uh, like, you know, like, like, let's just, appe- like, we're never going to get this ground anyway. So if it, if it, if it is, if it becomes a place that is hostile to anyone outside of, like, entrenched capital controlling it, um, that's a win for us because, like, we can't even contest it.
0: Yeah. This, this stuff is so, oh. This is so tricky and it's something that basically nobody's thinking about right that like um i think the the internet like the early internet was a huge kind of boon for like freedom of the press i guess or freedom of expression and like freedom of association and and stuff like that because it it was this kind of wild west kind of thing and then we're now in and that was the blog era that was the hyperlinking between text files era Um, super distributed, super easy to get into, and super easy to participate in, super easy to get information, all that kind of stuff. And now the huge majority of internet traffic is now routed through a couple of platforms that have the keys to the kingdom. And they can, they can just kick you off it. Like, I mean, like during the last couple of years when, you know, you know a couple of like i don't know right-wing facebook groups would get shut down or whatever but at the same time twice as many left-wing groups get shut down like the fucking swp uh, facebook presence got shut down that's that's like britain's oldest fucking socialist party that's still running and they just lost they lost their fucking presence and like the that that era of like open communication the the kind of open communication that is talked about in this book and is necessary for a democratic culture to emerge and necessary for the kinds of discussions that are needed to cohere larger like socialist strategy and all that kind of stuff I think all that stuff is either under imminent threat or is already gone and we're going to really fucking miss it because like we're going to miss the days when Cloudflare refused to intervene in anything political (laughs) because once we convince them to intervene in political stuff Turns out they'll just fucking do it, does too, twice as easily. It, it was a struggle to get Cloudflare or wh- whoever to shut down one like fucking Nazi site or whatever. It's not going to be a struggle to get them to shut us down.
1: Yeah. So this is like you know the problem of the position we're in in terms of like having to petition capitalists for political change um, and and putting them in that uh, position of of arbiter and. Which is obviously a position of power. Um, it's like it's like coming to the king to get your grievances addressed, you know. So I mean, it's it's yeah, it really does just kind of moot a lot of these considerations in any kind of short term uh, context. Yeah, especially now that like the um, the the like the
0: anarcho-Bidenist pact has um, you know saved the center from itself and uh, you know. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's. Uh, i'm pretty sure like there's gonna see a huge fucking purge of all lefty shit like real soon um easily within the next couple of years um just see us back on the fucking back foot after 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 it having turned out that the the bernie years and the dsa sort of activity basically conspired to save the democrats from themselves and keep the par- keep the party of order in power for a little bit longer we're gonna get thrown in the fucking bin, <laughs> you know, real big time.
1: Yeah, that is the big that is the big concern, um, and I think like it makes sense. Like you know, for example, on our Discord, right, which you can join if you if you're a patron, it makes sense to follow these the kind of principles that um, Swan has laid out here. Like you know, that's a space that we have temporary control over and it makes sense to follow good principles and practices in doing that. But we can't assume that that's going to stick around. Um, yeah. And it, like, you know, we've had these kinds of discussions of like, well, you know, like what if discord gets bought out by XYZ company and they just like look at our use case as uh <laughs> as error and just (laughs) eliminate it. Right. Uh, Or like, or, 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 you know, like the same thing that like happened with um, sex workers on uh, Patreon happens with leftists. Uh, um, It's like, like, you know, you look at something like uh, it's a similar problem, but you look at like Patreon, it's like, okay, well, yeah. um, Essentially, there is no alternative because you need to have a large enough corporation that the banks will trust and that international payment systems will interface with and that's pretty exclusive (laughs) it's yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: turns out capital wins all the time you know
1: Like you you can't like we sort of operate at the grace of these capitalist firms, uh, the grace of these capitalist firms. And like they just have the axe over our decks, and we, we can't really do anything about it because the money system is kind of just as or it's just as much of a hierarchy as it always was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow, grim. Um I mean I I guess there's always Bitcoin. <laughs> no <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I'll talk about
0: cripplingly expensive infrastructure, you know. Um yeah, geez. Um so I mean like I am in agreement on the desirability of all these features. Um I I I think we're undercounting... How weak our position really is, and that's probably saying something because I think we're all kind of aware that we're in a very weak position. Uh, I think we might actually be underestimating it by quite a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and on a fundamental level of infrastructure control and control of the means of production, absolutely, we're in a very weak position.
0: Yeah. Oh, God, I think I had a I had a sort of thing in my head earlier that like um. Uh, the thing I was thinking of is like, I, I was thinking to myself that, um, the Occupy movement kind of gave a second wind to the Californian ideology in a way. Um, and I kind of wonder if we're, the wind has died down for a second time again, you know, um, and we're going to start seeing more of the headwinds. Um,
1: yeah, it was like when we were talking to, uh, Wendy Liu about the, uh, uh, tech clash, uh, phenomenon and, uh, that whole sort of thing.
0: Because, um, yeah, I don't know, the, 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 that, that kind of Californian ideology thing of, like, the enthusiasm for the open networks of the Internet and all that kind of stuff, it was it was kind of a spook back then, and the second wind of it might be similarly illusory, you know, in some ways. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, we need to do more thinking on that one.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's sort of like this question of, like, I guess these, these, these platform holders have their own kind of pink noise that they're looking for where there's a, there's a sufficient um, degree of variety in online conversations that's going to drive engagement and therefore get them data. Um, and so they don't want to go so hard that they alienate people from using the platforms. Uh, But they also need to like worry about their like PR, state interference, their own personal political views, um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, So like they're really like trying to balance that level of variety. And we're sort of like at the mercy of them considering our discourse being like acceptable enough to uh, include in that like pink noise zone. Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess so. I it it, it points back to probably what what uh, the author is trying to get at that like organizing has to be offline first. Um, we really can't afford to lean on these crutches too much because they'll they'll fucking snap right out from under us.
1: Yeah, it, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean you you look at the history of like censorship and like revolutionary situations, and there's often cases where like the degree of uh, from it will just like overwhelm the system um and like the censorship just can't keep up and like i could see that happening you know in the future no no question um it, it's just uh, whether sustained presences in these platforms is going to be ongoing i'm not so sure about that um well i guess like the the thing is that like the um the workers movement
0: had a real presence outside of the newspapers you know like the circulating pamphlets so like suppressing pamphlets and newspapers wouldn't did some damage to the workers movement, but didn't do Vorpal damage to it. Whereas if we're just organizing on Twitter and Facebook, like that's, uh,
1: that's the end, like, and that gets taken away. That's the end of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, you'll often have those like revolutionary situations where it's like the police can't shut down the newspapers. Like it's just the publications just get out and there's nothing they can do about it. Um, but that's in like highly exceptional situations, right? Um, uh, Oftentimes, they would be shut down. Um, they can do it algorithmically or by DNS or whatever. Um, uh, nowadays, yeah, we're in a much worse pla- place than the the pamphlets and newspapers were. <laughs> uh, oh, grim. Um, I, I, I think you know it's it's also true that like you know whenever some kind of new technology for conflict is invented, there will be a responding invention. Um, Uh, We have no idea what that would look like, and it probably doesn't look like Mastodon.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, I hope the future doesn't look like Mastodon. Um, Okay, let's get the final chapter. Chapter 8, Organizing Radical Left Populism. Um, A lot of it's a bit of a summary of the stuff that's come before, um, but then some of it is an account of radical politics since 2011. Um, The electoral turn, failures, reaction, and backslide after occupying the Arab Spring um, and these the essential abandonment of these experiments in participatory democracy um, can we get it back you know was it a flash in the pan or will it be a prefiguration of society to come I mean I think
1: so like ESRI has often referred to these um, political explosions that happen with some frequency as sort of like tantrums Um popular tantrums, um, that, that don't really lead to very much, but they are disruptive of the social, uh, environment and like have sort of like a clear historical moment. Um, and yeah, I absolutely expect there'll be more of those. Like I, I, I am not particularly concerned that we are going to, uh, lose, the capacity to assemble and disrupt public life on an intermittent basis. Um, Like, I think that's just a feature of our society these days where things are basically, like there's, there's no extra parliamentary democracy happening at all in like any kind of obvious way. It's all underground and like very like slow moving organizational stuff. And then there's a huge explosion and then it gets pushed back down. It falls apart. gets pushed back down and that happens again later. I think that's going to continue to happen. So I, I, I'm not like, I don't think this is like a fundamentally lost uh, horizon. I think the,
0: um, yeah, I'm in agreement there. I think the, The thing i'm concerned with is like the prefigurative and radically democratic aspects of it will will those turn out to be a kind of something that's uh, will those be a thing that's not picked up again
1: or will it get picked up again i guess you know um i would i guess i would say I'm, i'm cautiously optimistic about that like i think i think i think so much of what occupy was was like similar to previous public outbursts it's just it had like some very particular organizational forms that distinguished it and like it's i guess like I, I see a lot of continuity leading into occupy even though it does have its own peculiarities and so i think that there's just something about revolutionary moments that will open up that space and um i i think that before it gets recuperated that space is kind of always there and at least these ideas i think are like while they're largely discredited in sort of left circles i feel like left strategies they they kind of like come around in circles too (laughs) like it's like it's there's never like a definitive last word on what the right way to organize is um uh, so I, I, I again I still feel kind of optimistic that at least something like Occupy could happen again whether we're talking about like moving from there into uh, overcoming capitalism, that's like obviously a much less likely thing to happen um, but it it could <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah um yeah I'm also cautiously
0: optimistic i I hope that whatever comes next preserves um, these good elements the, the the participatory democracy, the self-organization, the prefiguration i I hope it doesn't end up that like occupy is like I don't know the diggers or something from you know the English mm. Civil War where it's like a weird historical anomaly. That like is rapidly forgotten and then rediscovered centuries later, you know? Um yeah, be a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I'm kind of thinking yeah. about there, right? Um Right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But um the question then turns to like um given the electoral turn, um, how to resolve like how do we keep this commitment to participatory democracy? Given that context, given that everything has shifted kind of rightward in, in the left spectrum, everything has shifted rightward into kind of electoralism and um, this
1: sort of stuff. I think that the, the it's also shifted away from electoralism at this moment, I think. I feel like, like, I don't know if we're on the backswing, but I think we could go towards author- authoritarianism or more of a kind of... Um, uh a, a participatory forum like this uh i i think that it's i would just say that the momentum towards funneling into labor or the democratic party or the spd or whatever is i think ebbing considerably at this moment um i think that it, it's like you know they're like really far into the recuperation stage at this point and it's kind of like um I don't think people are. I don't think young activists are going to be looking at that and saying that's obviously the way forward.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a strange moment where the center has kind of won the day, um, but but you're quite right that like there's there's an even more palpable disgust
1: <laughs> at that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's kind of like you know after the sort of um, the surge of the civil rights movement. Uh, and you have like all of these like black mayors getting elected in America or, um, you know, people getting elected to like, um, black caucuses in, in Congress. Um, um, afterwards they were, you know, heavily recuperated and like, um, they didn't go away, but like they also didn't, they didn't have the same, um, the same purchase in the public imagination afterwards, um, hmm yeah so the the author brings up kind of two key issues that need to be
0: addressed um in quoting uh first how can anarchist prefigurative politics sit side by side with the new left-wing populism of this electoral turn second what does this mean for how political institutions are structured now if if we're if we're on the backswing away from electoralism these may not be terribly relevant um but maybe these still are because I mean I could imagine like I, I, either we get we get a kind of maybe there's an upsurge again in this kind of participatory democracy stuff or or things go in this i don't know like integralist kind of center right kind of direction and the kind of the wisdom of the day just becomes that like managing the state and it's kind of it's like restoration of order is just the only only thing on the table but yeah i don't know we're we're on we seem to be swinging a little bit away from the electoral turn at least in the in the sense of like the kind of disgust
1: at it at its failures by now um uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, you know, for instance, this, uh, talk here about, uh, um, anarchist constitutionalizing, um, I don't think it necessarily has to really be connected to, uh, electoral process. Um, you know, it's, it's, it could, it could just as easily come out of something like Occupy, right? Like it's, like, in order to make a constitution, you just need to have some degree of power and a, and a group of people to cons- to make a constitution, right? Like, it's how you get there is could be quite a number of different things, right? Um, so, like, I think that's still a relevant question, right? Like, trying to formulate some kind of order that is functional and is not statist, um, I think is fairly reasonable like i can't imagine like i can imagine that some kind of constitution would just be implied in any kind of like uh, anarchist polity because like like whether it's written or otherwise it probably would be written i would imagine because it's kind of like a mass thing and and unwritten constitutions tend to be more of like a more of a more of a thing you get in like elite societies and like uh, you know masses inter- interacting with elite societies so I, th- I think it's yeah i think i think i think it would, there's there's still room for that to happen i could i could absolutely see um just you know sort of on the basis of like formalizing your system 5 to some degree right yeah yeah i i was a little kind of ambivalent with this section right because it's
0: it's it's kind of framed as like um a way of kind of reconciling this um uh prefigurative stuff with the the turn towards a kind of politics centered around it kind of like left populism centered around the notion of the citizen and this this kind of like the people versus corrupt elites and popular sovereign, sovereignty and that kind of stuff. And so the constitutionalizing, anarchist constitutionalizing, is framed as like a kind of way of integrating and reconciling those two things. Um and you I think you're quite right. It's like it wouldn't necessarily need to be a state sort of thing. Um but then the example they give is a kind of the like um, in Iceland trying to rewrite the constitution after 2008 with a like, participatory assembly, and there's this big kind of transparent process. But then that, that effort ultimately fails because the right get back into power and just fucking shut the whole thing down. Um, and then so, but the upside is that it was an attempt at something that was beyond, it was something slightly different from representative democracy. It was at least novel,
1: yeah, it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't like elected officials coming together to do a yeah, a constitutional assembly. It was actually by sortition, so yeah, which is novel it is like much more radically democratic, right um, uh, so you know that's cool, but potentially that also failed because it didn't have buy-in from the elected officials who are actually the ones in power, so. It may not have also
0: it may also have failed because it did, it may not have had like mass support like I think for these kinds of things to work you would probably need mass grassroots institutions that are that to which these folks are accountable and I don't know like oftentimes when you hear like oh people's assembly or you know uh, this this kind of stuff it's often like it's it's this it's the state who are calling the tune you know. Um, it's rarely a like durable grassroots like workers institution that's calling the tune of the engagement. And I feel like that's that's actually the missing ingredient is like you'd have to uh, maybe this is kind of running into a similar bootstrap problem, like similar to what we had with Bernie and such, where like, okay, Bernie we're gonna get we're gonna get Bernie elected and then he's gonna do all the reforms that are necessary for us to have a workers' movement that would have gotten him elected in the first place. Um like you know, doing this kind of, like, constitutional sort of stuff might presuppose the kind of grassroots movement that the constitutional stuff would enable,
1: maybe, you know? I I think in the case of Iceland, like, the popular discontent was sufficient that there was something behind it, but the the problem is that, like, the, the constitution writing process itself can be indicative of recuperation and like demobilization. Um, so it's like, you know, by the time it's finished, it, it's not necessarily there anymore. The, 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 the popular mobilization that would be necessary to push the government into accepting it. Um, it's been disarmed by then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it's a very tricky thing um, that way. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm obviously not from Iceland and I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know a, a huge amount about that period of time. Uh, but I did, I did read up on it at, at the time and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting, but I think it was kind of, it was, it was one of those things where, every political tendency tried to read their preferred reading of what was happening into it. Um, because it was just like, you know, it's in Iceland. It's so foreign to like everywhere because it's just out in the ocean there. Um, and, and most people can't afford to go there. (laughs) So (laughs) it's very like, it, it, it gets into that kind of like, you know, utopianizing thing about like, well, in China, they're all rational and, you know, like everything is perfect over there. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, maybe maybe doing some some violence to the actual political history in, in the name of advocating ideas uh, yeah uh, I, I again I just I think that probably not a bad idea for anarchists to accept the idea of a constitution um, I, I just need to find a way to do it without making it the exclusive domain of lawyers um,
0: I, th- I think it would ha- it would have to be a constitution for the new system and for the new society not kind of doing like hobbesian anarchism or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Trying, to, trying to reform the constitution of the the nation state yeah yeah totally um um it's a general worry i have about a lot of the stuff in this chapter is that it kind of um uh, some some of it kind of signals it, it, it's it's a lot like that kind of problematic national anarchism sort of stuff where it's like Um, it's, if it's, if it's still tethered to this, the context of the nation state and it's not, I don't know, some of this stuff presumes internationalism is on the table, but then kind of isn't really foregrounded, which leaves me thinking that it's going to have similar problems to the Occupy thing where it's kind of formally internationalist, but then if everything is about like citizen sovereignty and like as problematic as the category of citizen is, you know, in terms of, cause like hey, you know, I'm a citizen, my landlord's a citizen, the lady working at Starbucks is a citizen, so is the boss that's
1: feeling her up, and so is the HR person who refuses to prosecute that that, that, that transgression, you know? Well, and then just all the people who are excluded from the category of citizen that are part of the society as well, right? <laughs> yeah, so a, a People's Leviathan as an
0: anarchist initiative? I don't know, but you're quite right that like constitu- the, the notion of constitution needs to be um like something we take seriously
1: yeah yeah and I I think that um like uh in terms of all of the sort of prescriptions or, or examples or readings in in this in this chapter a lot of them I think really undermine the sort of like militantly or like I don't know just the strongly partisan anarchist bent of the the framing of the book or the identity of the book like that it's like actually a lot of this stuff can kind of be read as transitional more than prefigurative and like it's probably more in a kind of gray zone uh than this like purist sort of uh, conception of 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 uh, politics there's a phrase that keeps recurring here in this chapter, and it's
0: within and against the state. And it's often a quote from John McDonnell, which I'm sure is a, a phrase a, a lot of
1: people have uttered. That's Marxist. It's Marxist. I'm sorry, but. Yeah. It, it, it's like, yeah, this is like a, like they're in when it kind of comes to making prescriptions. There's a lot of concessions to sort of Marxist arguments here. Um yeah. Like, reforming the state from within and all that kind of
0: transitional stuff. All that kind of, like, consequentialist stuff that's not entirely imminent. It's not entirely prefigurative, but it's, like, doing a process that would
1: dissolve the state and get us somewhere else. Yeah, that's straight-up classic Marxism, yeah. Yeah, in, in the sense that, like, Marx was never, like, entirely in or entirely out uh, on these questions. And, like, you know, he... He recognized that like, like, okay, so like, first of all, the thing that many, many, many people, including Marxists, get wrong about Marx is that Marx was not in favor of the state at all. He wanted it gone. Um, And it was a question of how to do that, not whether to do that in terms of uh, whether to do that. He was in debate with LaSalle and LaSalle's arguments generally won the day, which is why we we associate Marxism with a position that Marx definitely did not hold himself. And so, you know, when we look at what Marx actually thought, this kind of like gray zone, like, well, it's it's actually like, you know, maybe we can wither the state from within in these like various different ways. And like, you know, all that kind of stuff, like it seems a lot more similar than different and like i don't think we're very well served by dividing this up into like uh a marxism versus anarchism question um yeah maybe we need to
0: be uh maybe we need to be looking at Koutskin cybernetics you know (laughs) or something like that (laughs) if this is where we're going
1: well it's just it's it's just like okay like we're against the state we like we accept that but like maybe not like everything is going to be prefigurative because you kind of get into a um, like you sort of end up putting yourself in a monad when when like <laughs> you uh, when you take that that uh, stance to the extreme where it's sort of like I I just need to shut myself off from the rest of the world so that I could exist in the future now. Um, I need to be pure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's a kind of um, it's a kind of purity politics that isn't necessarily bad. But if you, yeah, if you if you take it to a, a point of like, you know, essentially we're going to have prefigurative practices and we're just going to ignore our connections to the environment. You've like really fundamentally dropped like core cybernetic tenets about like you are an organism in an environment and that is like fundamentally important um, to your existence. It's not like this book tends to downplay that environmental side of things. Um, and and I can understand that because if you look at the VSM, it sort of does something similar but it's, it's always calling back to the fact that, like, this is all oriented towards existence in an environment. Um, and that's, like, super important and kind of requires that the answers we come up with are not uh, purely about, like, creating an isolated utopia in which, like, we can gestate a new world, um, but actually, like, exist in our environment and not just get crushed.
0: Does that that aspect of of anarch, uh, anarchist kind of thought seems to have an extremely like rationalist kind of bend to it, right? Where you just kind of conjure the thing entirely in your head, right? And it's it's all values
1: that are totally separate from from context. Yeah, or it just it has like a very like long lineage in socialism. This idea of like we will go somewhere where there aren't many people and build a example of utopia. Um, and it's, you know, obviously something that... Ex nihilo, you're
0: just going to just gonna conjure it out of the air, yeah.
1: Yeah, these, like, utopian communities. Um, and, like, obviously that was something that Marx and Engels argued very strongly against. Um, but I guess, like, yeah, like, making utopian communities in the middle of major metropoles isn't sufficient. Um, even if they follow... They follow the structure of the VSM, but don't have the environmental orientation of the VSM um, because it's like ultimately survival of these things matters and principles of these things matter like the system five matters but also all the other systems matter yeah yeah that's um it's it's, it's one of the core things from cybernetics right like the world is sticky and you are involved with it exactly exactly um, so I, I think that's that's super super important and it gets to that idea of um, continuous uh, adaptation right um, that that's that's really really uh, significant. Um, and again like uh, we we don't need to fetishize the form of occupy right again the VSM is a diagnostic tool so it it's it's independent of any given, organizational form uh and and so we don't need to say uh (laughs) like the vs or the occupy was the realization of the vsm and therefore we just need to make another occupy uh that would be absolutely contrary to uh beer's ideas yeah
0: um so i think in the last couple of sections, I think there's there's maybe only one thing I really want to highlight. It's, it's kind of going over this stuff of, like, um, how to relate to existing institutions, right? Like, it contrasts institution with interaction. Like, so institution is static and controlled from above. Interaction is nomadic and kind of from below. How do you reconcile these things? And again, it is kind of, like, doing this thing where... Not insisting on the prefiguration entirely at this point, um, so kind of conceding that, that ground that we we just kind of uh, we were just talking about, but there's kind of like I don't know, there's some stuff here that's a bit kind of back and forth, but like, um, you know, you could have these these kind of like um, institutions and interactions uh, either working independently towards the same goals, like in parallel, or do some sort of hybrid organization, you know, try to mix these modes up. Um, and there's there's a couple of examples of like I don't know like activist mobilization from below that is controlled by an institution above and uh, it one of the one of the examples he uses is like the uh, in Scotland the independence movement and its relation to the SNP as a party and like it it all calls to this like problem of recuperation and digestion right like who who's really in control of these kinds of things like so in in the independence movement. Example, it's like the the activist movement from below is the interaction mode, and the the party is this like institution mode. But like from from what I've seen, like it, it's just unequivocally the case that the party is just the one who gets the last word on everything. Like it, it's very much the case that the the activist base is base is mobilized and largely controlled by dictates of the party. Um, it doesn't really have an existence independent of that like it's it's very like you know we could say oh the the activist movement is going to go within and against the state in in by interacting with the party but like it's it's i think it's just total recuperation like it's it's always very clear and like the the snp is famously insular and like centralized in in its control like it's it's an extremely small core to that party and there's really very little or no like Grassroots involvement or democratic kind of control from below in like the branch levels or anything like that. It's an extremely centralized and and like paranoid kind of party. Actually, during the um, during the Alex Salmond years, and I think even probably now, they had a like thing where they would never keep notes at meetings, like with with these like tiny meetings with the party core they would never keep a record of what they said, (laughs) because they were that fucking paranoid about anyone leaking anything or finding out anything. You know, it it had to be all just hush-hush, right? That's that's not a case where, like, oh, the activists are going to march into the institution and control the institution. Like, they're not going to be the tail that wags the dog. And, like, just looking around at the evidence in front of me here, they just aren't. And I, I think, like, I think Swan does come to that kind of conclusion, right? Like, and it, it's it's similar with Momentum and Corbyn, Sanders and stuff, that these all, these attempts at, like, hybrid models where you go within and against the party or whatever have all largely failed.
1: Yeah, I, I think that in the case of um, the SMP especially, you know, it's like, that's, that's very much a case where... Um, there is a structural hierarchy that maps onto the the functional hierarchy, right? Where like the system three, four, five are all controlled by a small number of people. And if you're like if you're a, an activist for the SMP and you disagree with their policies, you could leave. But then your system five is gone, right? Like you no longer have an identity really as a political actor as in a collective. You just have like a. Well, I'm'm I'm, I'm pro-independence, but I'm not pro snp Well it's, it's like that's okay. You could have that individual orientation because this is recursive, right? But it's not going to it's not a it's not a collective actor in any way. So the thing that's always missing in
0: these kinds of uh, attempts to get inside the, the system and change it from within, it always seems to be that like the invading force just doesn't have its own coherence. That's independent of the thing it's trying to invade.
1: Yeah, even in like the case of like momentum, right, where like they tried to build something separate, um, uh, but ultimately just like labor was going to labor. Um. Yeah. So like if
0: if you climb inside Leviathan's mouth, what's going to happen? Probably you're going to get eaten. It's unlikely that you're going to eat it. Like you're 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 probably not going to digest it. It's going to digest you, um, and that's especially true when. If you are slow moving and it is fast moving, it's going to digest you faster than you can digest it. Um, the the only way to make that work is to already have a very strong existence that's outside of its mouth, um, that is really capable of challenging it. Like maybe a very gory kind of example is like imagine a locust swarm that like bursts through your body and devours you. Like the locust swarm existed independently of you, and that's why it was able to get inside you and eat you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or like like flesh eating disease or like um that kind of thing. Yeah. And
0: that's the that's the only model in which the in the the kind of in incursion force can actually win is if it has an independent existence from like an independent platform from which it does the incursion. Um if if your platform is internal to the thing you're trying to invade, it's it's not your platform. It's it's the platform's platform. Um and so that's the that's the big sticking point, right? It's it's I'm always going to put down the bet of like who's going to digest who first, um, and in, in all of these examples, it's going to be the state or the institution will dis- digest the movement first because the movements don't have their own independent existence with their own independent systems four five three and and thus they're not actually a challenge to it really.
1: Yeah, it's more of a like. Oftentimes, you see with this stuff, it's more that it's a. Um, it's more of like an adaption of the system mm-hmm. uh, like like, well, like the DSA
0: right because the, the DSA is an outgrowth of the Democrats. It's, it's not an independent thing that's incursion in doing an incursion into the Democrats. It is a thing that originated in the ranks of the Democrats, right?
1: Uh, like yes and no like it it was it was kind of it came out of um, like socialists who are outside of the Democratic Party, but they had a kind of like, um, entry and integration strategy um, like like a Harrington Herring- strategy um, and so it became progressively closer and closer to the Democratic Party and then... Okay, so it does have its origin outside. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it, it has its origins outside but like as the thing that the DSA has been for most of its history... It has followed. It is like followed the Harringtonian strategic blueprint, and that has always been intimately connected to the existence of the Democratic Party. So,
0: like the the current iteration of the DSA is like it it was a rump of the Democratic Party for a while, and then became reactivated as a as a radical thing.
1: It was kind of like it it it, it was one of these like hanger-on organizations to the Democratic Party more so than, like, a strong part of it. Uh, it was, you know, it's like, many of these left groups that had sort of, like, withered away. Um, and, and it, you know, and then it became reactivated as a, like, nominally, like, continued to be a nominally separate organization, but everything channeled towards a reattempt at the same strategy again. So would it would it be too much for me
0: to say that it's basically an internal appendage to the Democrats or is it does it still have that incursive
1: No no I think I think I think that's accurate it's just like you have to like I guess you have to like see the Democrats as like being quite a porous thing um that that these kind of like hanger on organizations like uh like the DSA or like the CPUSA um Uh, which became just like an appendage of the democratic party. Um, uh, Like they, they exist in that context, but like are very much subordinate to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess maybe my wrap up thoughts on that are that like, I think I I have a natural skepticism of the, of the within and against the state sort of stuff, right. That like, again, I'm always going to wonder who's going to digest who first. However, we're not exactly in a strong position to insist on any other strategy, like, as well. So uh, part of what the author here is calling for is a kind of reassessment of where we are, uh, reassessment for anarchists to reassess their kind of attitude towards these things as well. So yeah, maybe in the immediate horizon these kinds of attempted incursions are the only thing that's feasible and maybe we can just organize them better so that they do have better independent bases and more viability of their own. That might be the only horizon that's available to us for now.
1: Yeah, I mean, because I think the... When I think about, like, okay, you know, this kind of, like, gray zone strategy of, like, um, within the state um, approach, like... Like, I can imagine an approach of withering state institutions not all at once, but progressively. But I think that's, like, dependent on – not on, like, marching through the institutions, obviously, because that was a colossal failure um, with the new left. Because um, uh, you do just get digested, Um Uh, And not with, like, this uh, kind of, like, insurgent perspective of, um, like, uh, the, you know, the DSA or um, the, the Bernie approach. But, like, essentially more of a situation where the state has been fundamentally disrupted and there's a question of how do we provide the services that it used to provide? In that case, there's going to be a lot of people with expertise and connections who are, who were like formerly formerly a part of the state apparatus. And like, you know, kind of the situation that like beer was in, right. Where it's like, there's these people we need and they're connected, but also like we have to acknowledge that like, Maintaining them in power is not the goal of what we're doing um, uh, or but you know in an even more extreme sense of just like destabilization right um, and, and, and at that point like I think there's this kind of yeah like <sighs> digestive question from a position of advantage that still comes into it in terms of like you know, like how do we um, say like provide public safety without a police department, although like the city has been built with assumptions about policing that uh, are still legacies that exist? Or, you know, how are we going to um, run a welfare system or a medical system? Uh, without the, 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 the state guaranteeing it, um, through like tech taxation at gunpoint. Right. Um, like these kinds of questions are like really meaningful in any kind of revolutionary transition. And like in a large, in many cases, it often like ends up falling back to let's just do what was done before, but with like a red coat of paint on top. Um, and, uh, I think that in terms of addressing that question um, this idea of like not everything at once, but like a withering through a sort of progressive digestive process um, could be uh, useful. I just, I just don't think it's like you go in from an inferior position and then expect to eat the system from within uh, necessarily. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally right. But, I really, I really love that that framing, right? Because, yeah, you, you can't expect to win from a losing position. Um, but especially as we look at, like, climate change and all this kind of shit bearing down on us, if the state starts to crumble, I mean, which it would not, uh, you know, everything seems to be crumbling these days, a federal distributed network of mutual aid kind of cells or whatever could, like, kind of digest and absorb
1: the flakes of the state that flake off, you know, as it crumbles. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what's... The sort of vestigial forms, right? Um, I mean, like Varn often says that, like, yeah, there's many states in the American Midwest where, like, there isn't really a state. Like, like, like the government, the government is incredibly weak, and even their ability to use force is quite limited. Um, like. <laughs> like, compared to the population at large. So, like, I think there probably already are places in, like, America where, like, the state is falling apart, like, at a at a, at a very deep level and not just, like, a, like, oh, services are bad kind of way, but, like, this kind of exists in name-only sort of situation. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you notice that the roads are impassable, you know, <laughs> and...
1: Yeah, like you can't really expect to go to the government for anything in terms of organization, but also like you don't really expect them to be able to keep people in line either. Because um, I mean the, the core thing about – I've had this conversation with people before, but the core thing that distinguishes what we're trying to go for with communism from the state is that is, – is not that we won't have any kind of organization – because uh, organization is obviously crucial to our survival and, and, and our, our prospering and all those kinds of things. It's It's that we won't have an organization that's perpetuated like at gunpoint, right? Like that, that everything is is, is on, at the foundation about who controls the people with the guns. and like there is a minority, of society that is in control of that and hostile to everyone else um, and, and parasitical on them. Um, so it's, it's you know, we're still trying to have functional organizations. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, which is often the thing that's misunderstood by social Democrats, right? Is that, that oh, like when you talk about a stateless society, you mean no health care, you mean like no laws, you mean like, or like, I don't know about no laws, but like no organization at all, just chaos everywhere and everyone for themselves. Uh, That's not what we're talking about here.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, what a fun book. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think we've both been uh, quite critical of the book, but like at the same time, the parts I appreciate, I appreciate a lot. And um, I think it, it, it largely is in accordance with our thoughts about things it's just um uh there are various areas where i i kind of scratch my head or i thought this was like a little um underbaked but uh it it yeah uh, and and it just the the general sort of like orientation towards a partisan anarchist perspective i think uh hurt the book more than it helped um cuz i think the cybernetics is good basically yeah yeah
0: and and like the the core of the self-organizing stuff like that that aspect of the of the anarchist part is is good but um i i i think it's one of these rare things where i think it maybe suffers for length a little i would i would actually like to see a version of this that's twice as long and more fleshed out um more baked
1: yeah i actually agree <laughs> how rare is that you know I, I
0: almost never say that about books,
1: you know, It's, that's, that's I think it's almost a compliment, right? Like <laughs> there is actually more here to say that you had room to say. This is, is, is a, that's a rare thing to encounter. So yeah. Uh, I think so.
0: Yeah. Um, I also kind of wonder if a, um, I don't know. Cause I can't help but notice, but like on the cover, it's got like something It's like in the organizations and activism series from fucking Bristol university or whatever. Um, and I, I kind of wonder if maybe that, uh, skewed the tone a little that it, it, it kind of, I would like to see a version of this as more critical and more kind of like troubling, uh,
1: of the subject matter. Sure. Sure. Right. There's a kind of editorial orientation. Possibly.
0: Yeah. Um, but hey, um, I
1: definitely want to see
0: more, uh, of what, um, of what this author can put out. Um, Yeah cool uh thanks listeners it's been fabulous and thanks for putting up with the fucking three-month break as well um we were very sleepy yeah i
1: i i, I hope yeah we were we were all tired after the reading group the kentucky zero thing and the sort of like pre-vaccination phase of the pandemic um and uh i hope that with this very long discussion of this book. Uh, we've we've made up for lost time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to be a three parter, I think. <laughs> Get a massive bang for buck on some of these bu- books. You know, uh, in terms of in terms of content. Um, but yeah, I, it's been wonderful. Um, we very much appreciate having you along for the journey. Um, I think this this year, or probably going forward, I think we're on maybe a slightly slower recording schedule. I think we're going to f- definitely focus on with with uh, with the understanding that we're pretty tired um we're going to fo- focus on quality more than we do on quantity but if each of these sit down sessions turns into like a 4 hours of tape and three episodes or whatever it's, it's not maybe won't be that much of a slowdown in
1: releases so um that may be fine I think it will be similar, just not with the reading group on top of everything else, um, and maybe spacing out the really big projects that we take on. Yeah, like I mean, if if we do entropy of capitalism, then we're gonna
0: take a couple of months to record that in multiple sessions rather than trying to bomb it all in one go. So that's you know, which would be which would end up being better better content. So
1: um, that's all good. We also know what our next reading is going to be, uh, if people would like to check that out. Um, the book is called uh, Science, Strategy, and War, uh, The Strategic Theory of John Boyd uh, by Franz Osinga. Uh So not a widely available book. Um, but essentially we wanted to talk about Boyd in a little bit more detail than is covered in this book, um, in Anarchist cybernetics. Um, uh, although we, we definitely appreciated like mapping the VSM onto Boyd was super cool. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah. So if you can find that one way or another, you're certainly welcome to read along. We'll be reading chapter six from there, uh, and chapter six only. So, uh, should be quite, uh, it's a it's a long chapter but it should be fairly easy to uh to get through um Mm -hmm. and we're we will be
0: joined by c derek varn for that one um looking forward to that that'll be good fun you know um yeah we've been threatening to do boyd for a while so we're finally getting around to it which is very good (laughs) yes um yeah i'm looking forward to that
1: one yeah uh getting to that orient uh sorry that uh that uh environmental orientation we were talking about yeah
0: Mm-hmm. he's he's super all about that orientation he's like uh, yeah it's a fascinating it's a, it's a fascinating theory because it's um the whole observation and orientation parts of the loop are just like you know make make yourself be made of eyes you know is, is a very big thing in, in
1: <laughs> yes <laughs>
0: like super hyper sensitive and hyper aware of the environment is, is a big thing
1: yes oh, absolutely absolutely
0: yeah fun um but while you wait for that one you can follow us on twitter at gi unit pod uh we're on facebook uh, we're on all the podcast apps so like rate and subscribe do all that kind of stuff um you can go to patreon.com slash general intellect unit give us a couple of bucks a month and get on the community discord and help support us um keep the lights on you know all that kind of good stuff um and this show is part of the Emancipation Network, the, the, the network we've been referring to throughout this whole recording. Um, it's a uh, Marxist podcast network and research collective. Um, so go and check out our sister shows. Um, what the fuck are they? I've I for, It's been months, I haven't, I haven't written any of this down. Um, Swampside Chats, Jumpsuit Utopia, Mortal Science, Var, Var and Vlog, and From Alpha to Omega.
1: Uh, that is all, yes. Did, yeah, I didn't forget anyone. And General Intellect, you, the one you're listening to now. You're already <laughs> listening. That's fine. Um,
0: they're all fantastic. So, uh, yeah, give them a listen and, uh, and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks again, listeners. It's been great, and we'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.